fine folks, and welcome to episode 29 of Double Tapped. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. And Tanner, this is a pretty special one. Yeah. It is our Game of the Year 2021 episode. It'll be structured just like every other episode, but we will talk about that in a little while. <laughs> when we talk about games, we like it. <clears throat> but we always start with our beverages. Yes, I don't know what we're drinking. This is an Urban Artifact Pinwheel Orange Fruit Tart. Again, That's... coming from one of my favorite brewery, breweries, Urban Artifact. That's what they called me in high school. One of my favorite breweries. The Orange Fruit Tart. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah. I love these. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Look at this guy on the back. Yeah, he's holding a pinwheel. Oh. Oh, and he's doing like martial he's, he's arts. He's like a monk. He's like Master Shifu from Kung Fu Panda. Ah, of course. A film I have not seen. Really? Yeah, I've never seen I it. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> any, any reason? Uh, I, was, I had watched the first half of it not too long ago. Okay. And I was at work. Uh, and I was just like not having anything to do. And I was like, I'm going to watch the second half of it. <laughs> All so right, there you go. So it was fresh on the mind. Gotcha. Uh, and this is as fresh as fresh can be. Yeah, it's very so. very citrusy, very tasty. And it says, you know, we love our little blurbs. Yes. This fruit tart has the zest of one orange and a speck of vanilla oh. in each can. Just as the virtue of perseverance is taught in martial arts, a pinwheel symbolizes turning your luck around. Be, par- be prosperous. Enjoy a pinwheel. There you go. Shout out to uh, the copywriters for beer who just have fun with it. They really they do. just go for it. They probably make half this shit up. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. like you know, cultivated from the oranges that were bred in the specific strand that was originated in Florida in like 1748. Like yeah. no something dumb like that. Uh, Tanner, what have you been playing recently? Uh, little bits of things. Mm. Uh, I've admittedly been very busy and not really played much. So yeah. I've been playing uh, so Halo, some Halo Infinite multiplayer, which is great. And we'll talk more about later. Yes, we will. Uh, I've also been playing, uh, I played the tiniest bit, I would say probably two hours of The Artful Escape, which is on Game Pass. It was one of the games in the Game of the Year, or the Game Awards categories for uh, music specifically Mm, was was what it was nominated for. Um, Pretty good so far. (laughs) I definitely don't know enough to judge it just yet. So the gameplay of it is very reminiscent of like an oxen free or after party or those kinds of games. Um, I don't know if these are former night school devs, but they almost look at least the UI looks nearly identical to that. So I'm not sure I haven't looked it up, but interesting. It's definitely got that vibe. But uh, once you get about an hour into the game, there is now like a guitar mini game that is like kind of guitar hero with buttons. Mm. So it's like, your, uh, you know, your A, B, Y, X, and then your bumper buttons are on the screen, and they kind of light up when you need to play the guitar stuff. Mm. So you're really just sitting there jamming out on the solo. It's pretty fun. Uh, I like it so far. It's, it's getting to an interesting point with the story where I don't know. I kind of don't want it to go too far outside of its scope because it's kind of getting a little surrealist. Mm. And I either want it to go full crazy or stay kind of where it's at now but i don't i don't know exactly where it's going to end up so i'll i'll report back once i've played more but it's a good it's a good little relaxing thing fair enough what have you been playing well interesting thing uh i had the coronavirus oh yeah you did that's uh, right yeah <clears throat> for what it's worth public service announcement i'm a triple vaxxed person yes yeah uh i still got it it was not bad for me I had right. one day where I kind of felt like shit. Yeah. Had like flu-like symptoms. It was just like, I'm just going to sit by my space heater and just chill out. 
Next day felt a little better. Next day I was basically back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that meant that I was home for basically 10 days right. with very little to do. Yeah. Except play video games. Yeah. So I've played several things. Okay. Uh, played some more <clears throat> Call of Duty Vanguard. Played a fair amount of that. Uh, played some more Slay the Spire, mm-hmm. which I'm going to note. My quest to beat the game with the defect still ongoing. Really? Oh, uh, wow. However, okay. I have discovered, and I got very close. I got this. Okay, so you get to the heart. It has 750 health. Yeah. I got it down to like 100 oh, with wow. the defect. Ugh. And interestingly, if I could have gotten like one more like defensive card, mm-hmm. I might have beat him. Mm. Because... I had the build that's basically with the defect, you can get this card where every single time you take any damage whatsoever, you channel a new lightning. Yes, yeah. And I had like three of those. Mm. And so I played them all. Right. And then I had a card that gave me, uh, or I had a relic that gave me an intangible uh, every like six turns or whatever. And intangible turns mean you only take one damage from every attack. Oh, right, right, right. So I had a turn where I didn't have any block, and but he had the like 12 attacks in a single turn, but I had an intangible. Mm. So every single one damage he did <clears throat> channeled like three or four lightning. So that was doing like tons of damage. Right. And if I'd have had like two or three more hits, it would have gotten him like close to zero and I maybe could have took him down with the next turn. Uh, but I ran out of health like on like that last turn. So I was like, mm. I was so close, but I feel like that's my new strategy okay. is, you know, I love the builds that are like basically let the attacker do damage to themselves yes, yeah. uh, with their attacks. Yeah. So I think that's the way to go. Lots of passive passive damage. Yeah, the, the quest is ongoing. Okay. So we'll see if I can ever knock it out. Yeah. Uh, played some more Halo. Just messed around with it. Okay. Not done much serious with it. I uh, played like the first mission of the single player. How was that? Just, it was whatever. Okay. I'm like so out of touch with anything that goes on in terms of the story of Halo. Sure. That I play it purely for the just gameplay yes, yeah. aspect. Yeah. Uh, Played some Clone Hero, which oh, I was yeah. texting you back and forth about uh, yeah. to get set up, which is a little bit of a hassle in the sense that it's kind of hard to get songs. Like, right. when you have this Google Doc of people that have, like, community-made playlists and whatever, that you have to add to your folders and do all this stuff and unzip all the files. And I didn't know much <laughs> about unzipping. Yeah, Jay uh, learned PC gaming, basically. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but downloaded the entire, like, you know, some of the old, like, set list and just was... Playing and messing around with that. Got some Green Day songs. Everybody knows I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, played around with that. So that's, it's fun to have something that nostalgic that is not, I'm playing something that I haven't cared about trophies for. Sure. Which is, it's been a while yeah. since I've had something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, interestingly, I just played entirely through Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales again. <laughs> Oh yeah, you said that you were playing Spider-Man. I was like, what? I don't know. Something, I was like scrolling through TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I was I think I told you a little bit about how like a lot of my TikTok is just superhero stuff. Yes, yeah, it's very it's very you. And one of those videos that gets popped up now and again is just people basically making little like AMVs of Spider-Man swinging through the city with I like get certain some of those songs. Too, yeah. And I was just like, damn, I kind of want to just swing around. <laughs> so I get into Spider-Man PS4. No, yeah. actually, I, for that purpose, I queued up Miles Morales. Sure. Because the swinging is actually like a little more fun in Miles yeah, Morales. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or the more like. A little more flourishes to it, um, but I played through like half of that, and it was like, you know, I want to see how it compares to the first one, and then I just played through the whole first one, and I was like, well, I guess I'll go back to Miles Morales, and then I played <laughs> through that. Um, so 
Which Miles isn't a long game. No, it's, it's like a ten hour yeah. campaign if you just play it straight through. And you had nothing better to do, no. so that makes sense. It was fun. Like, yeah. You know, when you know the story, you can almost turn those into podcast games and sure. just kind of yeah. swing around and do side missions and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, I played quite a lot in my quarantine. That's session. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but onto the news, of which there are several very large stories okay. that we need to break down. The first and most obvious of which, Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard. This will take full effect at the end of fiscal year 2023, which, which means it's the fiscal year that ends in 2023 for them. So it'll probably be like summer of next year. Okay. Um, but obviously, everything is just ongoing now in the process of this switchover. So, yeah. Tanner, what was your immediate take on this? Uh, just utter shock, <clears throat> yeah. I think, originally, because this is this is one of those, you know, it's almost like a pipe dream kind of thing. Like, sure, Xbox bought Bethesda, and that was huge. And that was like, oh my god, this is probably the biggest games acquisition we've seen, at least in the modern era. And then this happened and just dwarfed everything. Yeah. I mean, this... How much did they buy them for? Was it Gosh, 70 billion? Something like that, yeah. Uh, because I think it was like a hair under 70 billion. Because Disney bought Lucasfilm for like 8 billion and everyone I don't know if those numbers are right, but it was a lot smaller. And I remember then that was like this is like planets colliding. Sure. And this is a media deal much larger than that. Um and I like it's equally as large as Disney buying Fox basically. Mm. Like this is absolutely incredible. Um that it even happens like I, I, you know, big money making business moves is always going to have a little bit of like, OK, whatever. It's just rich, sure. rich, get richer kind of thing. But the fact that this happened is kind of wild. I wonder how much of this was caused by Activision's woes legally lately and them maybe saying, you know, I wonder if the idea of maybe we could sell got like I wonder who approached who here. Yeah, because um, you could you could picture a company like Microsoft, you know, kind of poaching them at a low moment. Yes. Um, yeah. Or Activision going, OK, we need a fresh reset. Our PR is terrible. Yeah, we need to we need to seek out buyers. And then comes Microsoft. Like it's interesting to see how much money Microsoft has put into <laughs> acquiring things in the last year. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know what the Bethesda money was off the top of my head, but. They obviously have a bigger war chest than Sony um, because Microsoft as it's as a company is a much larger company. Yeah. So seeing them flex that is super fascinating. And we I mean, my initial reaction was, OK, what goes exclusive? Yeah. And we've had a little bit of clarification on that since it Which initially that's a happened. follow up story. We'll talk a little bit. OK, more about that. but yeah, overall, I was just absolutely floored and honestly surprised that something this massive happened. Yeah. And it's easy to get lost in the. You know, perspective of okay, it's PlayStation versus Xbox, and you're not really thinking about that. It's Sony versus Microsoft. Sure. And Microsoft financially is really just on another level. Yes. So totally, it sort of boggles the mind at first. So you're like, Xbox has enough money to buy Activision? No, Microsoft does. Right. And they have more. Like they. Yes. This was like a. That would have cost Sony almost all the cash that they literally had. Right. Versus you know Microsoft having just you know other degrees of cash that they could access. Sure. Um, and I think there are a couple of logical questions outside of just the, you know, exclusivity stuff uh, that are worth addressing. Okay. My first one is, is it necessary for PlayStation to make some sort of counter move? Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I, I don't think so. I don't really either. I think, you know, a lot of us, uh, I mean, we had this conversation immediately after it happened 
of all right, well, who could Sony buy that would rival this? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a knee jerk thing of like Microsoft buys Activision, well, Sony needs to buy X, right? But Sony's doing fine, and I mean PlayStation <laughs> is quote unquote winning if you care about that. Yeah. I don't. Um, but I also think that you know they've come out and said that they're going to work with Sony on keeping certain Activision titles there. Um, and I don't think it. I don't think games really are a one for one thing. I think it's more about what ecosystem you already live on. Like it would take so much for us to jump to Xbox at this point. Sure. Um, that we're probably not going to. You and I both have PCs now that we can play a lot of Xbox titles on, um, and Game Pass and all that is great. But so I guess we are in the Xbox ecosystem to a in degree. A way. To a degree, but we're still more faithful to PlayStation. If there is a major game that's not on Game Pass that we need to buy somewhere, we're both going to buy it on mm. PlayStation. Um, but I understand that for some people, this could be the move that swings them, especially if, you know, you're a legacy like Crash or Spyro fan and you think there might be another one of those games in the works, you're going to go Xbox because that would be the level of game I think stays exclusive. Sure. I, you know, your calls, your call of duties, um, your larger Activision titles, probably not, but I think they definitely will keep some of the, I guess like double A, if you want to call them that titles under their own umbrella. Yeah. And it's, you know. The question of, you know, should, should Sony purchase someone that rivals this? Oh, right. This? I completely got away from well, the question. No, Sorry. It makes sense, but like, because there's a lot of thought that goes into it. But if you really want to boil it down, Sony cannot make an acquisition that would be on this level. Right. It, they just can't do it. Yeah. But what they can do is just continue to lean into their, you know, really prestigious IP that, you know, people have latched onto. And it's the reason why me and you stick with PlayStation. Sure. Yeah. And because I think Xbox. I don't want to say they're shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. It's entirely possible and probable that they're not. Yeah. But I think you have to start asking the question, like, how many games do people realistically play mm. a year? You mm. know, because you can own all these IP. You can, you know, put out. Heck, huh, at this point, this they have a library of like 20 exclusive games that they could put out on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. That are going to sell probably like a million copies apiece. But for us, if you look at the list and you go down, it's like, okay, must play games this year. Right. Or like, okay, let's take this year, for example. Yeah. Must play games. God of War, if it comes out. Right. Horizon. Yeah. You have some other, but those are like, you know, third party for me, like Elden Ring. Sure. You know, things like that. Yeah. And it's like, how far down on the list do you have to get before you get to an absolute must-play Xbox exclusive game? Hmm. And it's like, at what point is my threshold or like... I'm just not even going to bother buying this game. Now, it, you know, Game Pass, you know, changes the sure, calculus there. of course, yeah. But even then, like, in terms of my actual time playing these games, I might add a game to my library on Game Pass. That doesn't mean I'm going to play it sure. or play it that much. Yeah. Whereas I can guarantee that I'm going to spend 40 or 50 hours in Horizon and, right. you know, 50 or 60 hours in God of War and whatever. Like, my, my internal investment is with these Sony games and it's, I think it's less about, like, volume at this point than it is about quality. And sure. it's sort of been known for a while. Yeah, I think that's why PlayStation has beaten Xbox up to this point. But it seems like Xbox is leaning into, well, only up to a certain point is it quality over quantity. Right. And if we get such a huge library, we'll just drown you in all this. But yeah, by, by virtue of owning a bunch of things, must must play things will come out under our umbrella. Yeah, eventually. Yes. And hopefully they can, you know, 
up the quality of a few of these franchises that they've acquired, but that's to be determined. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing about this, if we're looking at it from a purely positive standpoint, because it's very easy to get cynical about big company buys big company, uh, is that hopefully the change of leadership at Activision will be better for everyone who works there. Absolutely. It has already come out that Bobby Kotick, who is the much uh, maligned CEO of Activision is going to be stepping down after this merger is over. Now he'll probably either get a great golden parachute or he'll be on the board because that's how all this shit works. But, um, you know, he is not going to be head of Activision anymore. And so hopefully that will signify a culture change that will make not only the games better, but also the lives of the people making the games better. For sure. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking, is this, granted, scale-wise, this is one of the biggest acquisitions Microsoft could have done. I think it's probably the biggest. I mean, yes. barring something stupid like Nintendo. Sure. But, you know. Is it the least interesting, though? <sighs> well... Would it be more interesting to buy someone like a Take-Two... Oh yeah, or okay, yes. uh, maybe not EA because EA and Activision are kind of on the same level. So it's like I think EA and like Ubisoft would have sure. been the ones that are like they could have done this, and that would have been like a big wow moment. Yes, but I still feel like from a name brand recognition, Activision was about as big as they could have gone. But now from the game development, not really. Outside of Call of Duty, yeah. What is the next marquee franchise for Activision? Oh, well, Overwatch, I guess, since Blizzard is Blizzard, under that umbrella. Sure. Yeah, um, I forget about Blizzard. I guess all Activision. of Blizzard's stuff. Wow. But you know. those but wh- have such specific audiences already. Yeah. It's it's hard to say. Uh, and it would be obviously very bold of them. Uh, let's just, on this point, let me transition quickly. Because sure. yeah, the yeah. next very next news lineup story was Activision CEO has said that plans are for, quote, at least the next three Call of Duty games to be on PlayStation. Sure. So at least in the short term, they're planning on PlayStation or Call of Duty. <laughs> because being development on every, has probably already started. That's at least, true. And the engines there and all yeah. that. Like, But there have also been encouragement, you know, from certain parties. Rumor was that Xbox is sort of rooting for them to make it no longer an annual franchise. That maybe oh. it would be every two years hmm. uh, just for quality purposes. I like that. Uh, and I've talked, you know, we brought up how, you know, we were out of Call of Duty last year, got back in and it was fun to be back in. But it seems like the people who've played COD every year have not had a very positive reception to Vanguard. Yeah. Which I understand. It It's not like a standout in it's the series. It's Call of Duty. I really like the maps. That would be like my f- biggest praise for it. Yeah, the maps are fun. But outside of that, it's just you know, run-of-the-mill COD. It doesn't do anything particularly special. Yeah. Um. So I could I would be behind the idea of it being like a semi-annual, going to like the new Assassin's Creed formula. Totally. Um. But, you know... <laughs> If okay, let's say they take it in three years and make it exclusive. Call of Duty becomes exclusively an Xbox franchise. Right. Does Sony counter maybe not with an acquisition, but either a new IP mm. or a resurrection of an old IP? Bring back Killzone. Killzone Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. You know they have some of these in the bag that they you know they could bring back and try to make them legit shooters. Sure. That are on that level. Do I think they'll sell on that level? No. no, but maybe in terms of like quality, like you can make a, I think resistance would be the more fun one. Sure. Uh, make it almost like a multiplayer fallout, but of like a more higher shooter fidelity. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd I could be see cool. them doing something like that. I could too. That, that makes a lot of sense. Or the other option is of course, you know, Sony has not been shy about 
putting money behind Call of Duty, yeah. having, you know, the new Call of Duty trailer at E3 every year, and you always have, at the end of Call of Duty ads, the play first on PlayStation, like those kinds of things. Um, and there's money behind those deals, obviously. Yeah. I wonder if they just shift that to Battlefield and go, oh. you know what, Battlefield is going to be, I don't know that that's the right move. It's dangerous after these last few. <laughs> but I could see, you know, big corporate people, which Sony has been good about not being the corporate or as corporate as they could be. Yeah. But I could see the big corporate people going like, well, we can't do Call of Duty anymore. Battlefield? And, you know, that just kind of happens. Um, but I think, again, they're very smart about, in ways, they're very smart about what they fully endorse as like a PlayStation thing. You really don't see the PlayStation seal of approval, at least like nationally. Yeah. Unless it's a God of War or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even if it's Call of Duty or, you know, your big tentpole franchises or really awesome like standalone ip yeah so hopefully they wouldn't do that unless the next battlefield is going to be amazing i don't know but you know maybe it's maybe it's more of a respawn thing where they they keep funding whatever respawn keeps making because they're killing it we'll come back to that too there's a story about that yes there is uh so yeah i'll be curious to see what the next two or three years look like with the shooter landscape yeah and i want to make one last point on the acquisition front because i brought this up in our like text group immediately in the wake. Cause we were like, you know, at that point we were pondering the question like, okay, who's, <laughs> who's Sony's best target. Yeah. My point was Epic. Sure. Because they already own a stake of Epic. You know, they've had some deals, I think to publish some of their games on like the Epic game store. Yes. Um, I think that would be the most logical. Cause then you sort of have the, all right, you can keep Fortnite. If we can keep Call of Duty, oh, it's and like it's, a, it's like a, it's the ebb and flow a Mexican standoff, or like thing. the uh, mutually assured destruction, sure, yeah. of video games. It's like because honestly, Fortnite bigger than Call of Duty right this second. Still, I Is would it say, really? wow, oh, yeah. Interesting stat uh, since I brought up Miles Morales. I don't know if you saw this on PlayStation this past December, two okay. months ago. Yeah, now by the time this release will be two months ago. Yeah, Miles Morales outsold Call of Duty. Whoa! Which is like wow. a, and that's a game that's a over a year old at that point. Yeah, and Call of Duty typically, you know, dominates you know the holiday sales charts, but with still a lot of people getting PS fives. Sure, Christmas uh, gifts for fourteen year olds, and it's a Christmassy game. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it, set in Christmas. It just so happened to outsell Call of Duty, which sort of blew my mind, <laughs> um, but also spoke to just how fucking big Spider Man Two is going to be. Like, yes. it's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be huge, um, especially after No Way Home. Like the Fervor mm-hmm. from Spider Man, uh, that could that's honestly one of those things. That as long as they have that, they have an IP that people are going to buy Playstations just to play. Yes, you know, totally. and a couple of others. But and uh, further to this point, and and we might have something about. Do you have anything about God of War PC? No. Okay, so just up. in that realm, I have seen so many friends who like streamer friends, people on Twitch. Uh, starting that game for the first time because oh they God. finally can, which I'm very jealous Congratulations. of. Congratulations. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've watched a few buddies play it and I'm just like, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that speaks to the quality of PlayStation IP yep. that even if, and we've talked how we're both pro them publishing on PC, whatever, yeah. whatever they want to do, because um, I think that just brings more people to let whatever allows more people to play great games i don't care like i don't care if you play on a toaster if it if it runs that's great that's all i really care about um so the fact that they not only have all of their draws to their console but if need be can start publishing elsewhere is going to be a really good thing for them Mm -hmm. and i think both (laughs) of these mega corporations are fine financially i don't think we need to worry about it but uh you know microsoft is taking a lot of big swings lately, and I think uh, this this whole purchase of this, purchase of Bethesda, 
it's it's indicative of a new sort of culture there and how much uh, money they're putting into Game Pass. Yeah, for sure. On to the next story. Yeah. When you brought it up. Uh, three separate Star Wars games are in development at Respawn Entertainment. Uh, an XCOM-style strategy game, Ooh. a first-person shooter, Yay. and a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Now, Tanner, if we had to power rank these, I already know both of us are the least excited about the XCOM <laughs> Yeah, game. that's third. Uh, I think we're arguably probably the most excited about Jedi Fallen yes. Order sequel. Yeah. Because uh, that game, for a first time, like for a new IP, or not a new IP, but, you know, a new it, venture it a new into IP, a classic. Sort of. you know, yeah. You could argue the semantics there. Yeah. Um, there was a really great game for, like, the first game in a series like that. So oh, I my can, God, yeah. I can imagine, like, a pretty big leap uh, from one to two, especially sure. if they bring in some more, like, you know, if you've played that game, it doesn't do much with recognizable Star Wars characters. Which is smart. Except for one thing. Yes. Which, play the game if you haven't. It's yeah. great. Um, but I want them to bring in some more, like, classic characters. Um, yeah, I think now that you've set up that universe and set up that gameplay style, you can. Yeah. Um, I would just, I would hope with two, they, I think they were in a really interesting in-between moment where they didn't know exactly how Soulsy they wanted to go because yeah. that game does I know a lot of games compared to Souls games but that, that one, one really that does. one really does um, I hope they just lean in and give us more boss fights yeah and, me too because that was where that game really shined for me where those either the big like sort of I, I don't want to like the boulder run sort of uh, set pieces mm-hmm. like those kinds of things or the big boss fights so just cranking the scale of that up and just focusing on those moments would be incredible yeah uh, and then I'm really curious about what a first-person shooter, assuming that it's not, you know, like a big, massive, like, multiplayer, like a Star Wars Battlefront. If sure. it's a single-player adventure, like, first-person shooter game, I'm like, where would it be set? Like, what? who are you playing as? Like, yeah. It would be really interesting to know, because, like, I don't think you play as, like, a Han-type character. Yeah, but I don't know really if you can make a, a compelling game like this playing as, like, a Stormtrooper. I would be kind of intrigued to see what Respawn does with you playing as a Stormtrooper. That would be kind of cool. Um, Make it like uh, Spec Ops The Line. Oh, that's But you're good. a Stormtrooper, yeah. and you're like, how loyal am I to the Empire? Like, yeah. You know? Oh, that's a fun idea. That's actually, yeah. Um, I mean, we know that we know that Respawn can make great shooters. Sure. Uh, so I'm not worried about the gameplay at all. And I like, I like a lot of the sort of world building they do in like an apex i'm not sure exactly how many teams respawn has obviously they have a lot plenty way but, unnecessarily many it seems but. yeah but i mean they, they crank out the quality yeah uh but i know a lot of people love the titanfall 2 campaign like they obviously can show they can do really good shooter world building and yep. shooter storytelling so i'm really pumped for that and then the xcom thing xcom thing is not either of our things yeah. but excited for the people who like yeah, that kind good of thing for the, good for those whose boats it floats you know nice <laughs> That was a really weird way to twist that. Good for those phrase. whose boats it floats. I kind of liked it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and say one last story that you don't give a single shit about, but I kind of do. Cool. Crisis 4 is happening. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, according to a teaser from Crytek after a Chinese leak. Hey. So they, it leaked in China, so they like, well, let's just go ahead and announce. So Crisis 4 officially happening. That's awesome. Uh, after they released recently... The like remastered trilogy, which yeah. I have not played yet, and I'm I'm tempted to, but I'm like, I like I sort of like Crisis as a meme at this point. I, <laughs> I do really, yeah, I really yeah. liked Crisis Three, like yeah. and Crisis Two, but Crisis Three especially was like really fun. Um, I wish that it were bigger from a multiplayer perspective, mm. uh, because the gameplay of it is 
underrated in the realm of first person shooters. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the stealth and like the bow that they introduced in three were like really fun. Uh, so I'm, you know, kind of excited. Yeah, that's uh, fun. Play it on PC now that I can crank up the. Oh sure, you know, yeah. Power big, pretty well. Your big beefy graphics card can handle it. I don't know, but I. I don't know if it can handle Crisis. I know, <laughs> you know Crisis notorious. Can it run thing, Crisis so. Two? Was the was the thing back in like 2012? All right, and that is it for the news. Okay, so we're on to the big topic. Yeah, which is Game of the Year right. 2021. Right. So you've structured yours interestingly. I have, uh, and I've structured mine more a little more traditionally. Sure. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to do you want to share yours? Do we want to go back and forth? How do we want to do this? I think this? it might be best if we, like, just, I do all of mine. And okay. And you do, maybe we save our game of the years. Okay, sure. Respectively. Yeah, okay. And then, at that point, we can sort of jointly, or go back and forth cool. with that. But leading up, we'll do all of our, like, understudies okay. individually. So, I'll go first in that regard. And like yeah. you said, I have structured mine interestingly, uh, in the sense that, and we acknowledge this sort of going in, like, Neither of us think we played, like, a ton of games this year. Yeah, uh, my, from 2021. Yeah, and my point was that I think I played a few games a whole lot. Like, I put a lot of hours into several games. Yeah, same here. Uh, and then played, yeah, a few sort of oddball choices. Uh, so, I have mine broken up into three categories. Okay. Games that deserve shout-outs from me. Yeah. Games that would be contenders if they came out this year. Okay. And then the actual contenders. Right. So going from bottom up in that regard, games that deserve shout-outs from me. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I had not gotten to play this game too much more, but I appreciate the style and I appreciate the musical choices. The gameplay is the only thing that I'm like, it's good, I just don't know if I personally love it. Mm. So, like, I'm appreciative of the game and that it exists, but I've just not typically called back to it to play it I kind of wish it were I don't want to say I wish it were more of like a telltale situation where like it was all narrative choices sure I wish it were just a little less tactical and a little more like straightforward third person shooter yeah that makes Um, sense I will get back and play more of it eventually but you know I felt bad not shouting it out because I was like the first like few hours were like really cool and I was really into it um the next one and this is the one that I thought might you know catch you off guard a little bit okay Forza Horizon 5. Oh, okay. Which I actually forgot to mention up top. I have played a little bit of recently. Nice. Game is, like, stupid gorgeous. Mm. Like, it was one of the games I was like, okay, what game do I need to download from Game Pass to sort of test my PC and, like, sure. what it can do? Yeah. And that was one of the first ones. The opening to that game is awesome. Oh, nice. Like, it is awesome. Um, I mean, do you know, have you pl- touched it at all? No, I'm going, it's, it's in my list to play. So, but. the intro is, like... You're coming in on a plane, and, like, the Horizon Festival is set in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So you're coming in on a plane, and there are, like, three cars that are getting just dropped out of this plane. Uh, and they're very different cars. Like, one of them is a some sort of, like, Jeep, sort of big, like, SUV, like, off-road vehicle type. Yeah. Another one is a sort of dirt track race car. And then the third is a Corvette. Uh, so it's like, you know, and as, you know, Kentucky boys were the... Home of the Corvette Museum. Sure, yeah. Out in Bowling Green. Yep. Uh, we kind of like, at least I like Corvettes. No, Corvettes are cool. Uh, but it's like, okay, it drops a car, and it's like, oh, you have like, you know, this objective, like, drive to this place with this car. And you're like driving through the jungle with this, like, off-road car. And then you're driving on dirt and across these tracks with this off-road car. And then it's like, all right, in comes the Corvette, and it's like, arrive at the festival. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, and you're racing the airplane. 
Oh, that's awesome. At least with that one. It's like, we'll see it, like, who can get there first. And, like, you see the airplane and, like, you know, pilots out there don't drive the way the uh, airplane drives in this game. So yeah. it's like, like, going through these hills, like, cutting and turning. I'm just like, yeah. Jesus, like, it's going to crash. But, no, the intro to that game is super cool. Mm. Uh, and then it obviously just, like, unleashes you to kind of, like, like, you get to the Horizon Festival, you pick one of those three cars to be, like, your starter car. And I sure. I the Corvette. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, hey, I've got this girl over here who wants to give you this mission um, to come be, like, a uh, like a storm chaser, but for, like, a dust storm. Okay, yeah. And then I don't remember the other mission, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go do that. But So it gives you, like, options when you drop in there. Right. And it's really at that point, like, the world is your oyster. Drive around. Do whatever you want. Uh, which, for a racing game... I don't like games that are just sim racers. All you do is race. I like the games where you can explore and yeah, just drive for fun. fun. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed my time so far with Forza, and I'm going to keep playing it quite a bit. Nice. Uh, and then Vanguard. Vanguard, okay. not a legitimate contender for my game of the year, but I've played so much of it just because I love Call of Duty sure. that I would be remiss to not talk about it. <clears throat> and like I said up top, it's not, you know, the best Call of Duty it's just the Call of Duty that for us, or at least for me, was a breath of fresh air having not played it for a year yeah, or two. I'm, yeah. um, so I enjoy certain aspects of it a lot, uh, and there are certain aspects of it that I really couldn't care about at all. Like the, I don't like how much they integrate like your like character choice like in multiplayer. Mm. Um, like, oh, you've got these uh, different... Like avatars, and then each one like has a favorite gun, and you get double XP. And oh like, right, yeah. I don't like the way this dude looks, but I like his gun, so I have to be <laughs> this guy to get double XP with this yeah, gun. Yeah, that's like, silly. I don't like that. Whatever, but I really like. I'll say this: the unrestricted uh, create a class in this game. Mm. There's not like a maximum number of attachments you can have on a gun, right? Which that always annoyed me in the older games. Yeah, it's like you can only have I the the pit ten system, which I think they introduced in like. Black Ops 2, or like somewhere around there, where it's like you get 10 things every class. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool, but it's restrictive and it's kind of not fun. Sure, yeah. I kind of just want to go balls to the wall with all of my classes. Yeah, give me everything. And, and I respect that Vanguard lets you do that. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, the maps on Vanguard are genuinely like the best since, like, I don't know, probably at least in like the last five iterations of the game. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go back to like one of the Black Ops for me to like the maps as much as this one. Yeah. Um, so, solid entry. was good to get back in the ecosystem. To be determined, you know, how we, you know. At this point, I'm more comfortable gauging how I'm going to play Call of Duty every year. Mm. Like, I don't feel compelled to play it every year anymore. Right. But if one looks like it's going to be good, then I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. That's totally fair. And then, games that would be contenders if they came out this year. Okay. Can I have another beer, please? Of course. Thanks. Celeste. Yeah! Uh, oh, yeah. Had to be on there. Um, was just an excellent little game. Uh, again, and I have, I'm considering, you know, diving back in because, you know, I can see it being a good podcast game when you're going for the B sides oh, and sure. the C sides totally. and all that sort of stuff. Um, curious to get to the heart of that stupid mountain because the lady won't let me in. Uh, <laughs> you're not like ready the, for this yet. It's like the person guarding the cave to get to Mewtwo and Fire Red. Uh, and I was like, it's a good call. Lady? Just let me in the cave. <laughs> caves don't have guards. <laughs> yeah. You know? What caves have you been? And it's not even like, oh, there's a really powerful psychic monster in here that will kill you. Right. She's just like, you're not ready for this yet. <laughs> and I'm just like, such shade. Yeah. But, yeah, the gameplay of Celeste was just dynamic and awesome and fast, and the music was great, and, like, the story was cool. Like, I... It's... <laughs> 
I really like the story. It's the writing of the story is a little ham fisted, but in a game of that style, yeah. it kind of has to be. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have a problem with it, but it's not like it's like, oh, I was riveted by the story. Sure. I appreciated that the story was just there at all. Yeah, I think it good. has to be over the top for you to even realize there's a story being Very, told. Exactly. So I get, I, yeah, I totally get your point. It's not the most nuanced thing in the world. Yeah, but climbing the mountain and sort of the, I guess actually, let me rephrase that. I'm going to change my opinion on the fly slightly. Okay. The Celeste, uh, or not the, what's the actual girl? Madeline. Yes. Madeline and her, like, dark counterpart. That part's a little on the nose. Sure. But the different problems of some of the people that you meet on the way mm. are a little more nuanced. Yeah. The guy in the hotel. hotel guy. Um, yeah. Who's Mr. Whatever. Mr. O? Is that right? Ooh. I don't remember his name. I'm going to look um, the crazy lady who you meet right at the front. I don't know if she has any problems, but like, you know, there's a couple of the side characters you meet along the way. And I'm like, Oh, these portrayals of mental illness are a little more nuanced and a little more interesting. Uh, but the boss fight against the Madeline's dark counterpart was actually oh, really cool. So good. Uh, Mr. Oshiro. Oshiro. I knew there's a no somewhere. Yeah. You got to help him clean all those books. Yeah. Uh, so had to give a shout out to Celeste. Just a damn good game. Rightfully so. Uh, let's see. Slay the Spire. Yeah. Slay the Spire. <laughs> Your spent, most played game. Yeah, I played it for like 200 hours. Yeah. And I still am. Like, I can see myself playing it for like another 100 hours this year. just Because, again, if I can just beat it with the defect, I'm going to tr- try. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm even capable of getting the platinum, but we'll mm, see. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if I just pour in an ungodly amount of hours, I'll just have to get it eventually. But Yeah. Uh, I love it. It just like the best podcast game I've come across in like the last few years. Yep. Uh, you just throw it on, play a few. I really like card games that aren't over the top complicated, and this one is not. Mm-hmm. But the differences between the characters really keep every run fresh. Uh, the enemy variety is good. Uh, the variety of play styles that you're allowed with the different relics and the different cards that come up really cool. So every run is different. Yep. Uh, so major shout outs to Slay the Spire. Love it. I'm glad that you recommended it. I'm glad I got it for free. Yeah. Um, and the last one is Clone Hero. Nice. Uh, so, nice. Like, how could I not? Like, sure. Uh, just, I love Guitar Hero so much. And this is the, you know, skinned as my favorite Guitar Hero game ever, which is Guitar Hero 3. Um, interestingly, on some of the song downloads, which I noticed with the Green Day songs, because when you play Clone Hero, the background is just black. Like, yeah. it's just black, whatever. Yeah. But with the Green Day songs, the lyrics pop up, and it's yes. sort of like a sing-along. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's actually good. Like, that's all I need for a background. Ha- have you ever seen, and if not, we're going to watch some videos, where people will... So you know how there's a... So I watch some Clone Hero streams sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how there's like the... I forget the names for things, but like the track that it runs on. Yeah. And you can set the transparency of that track. Mm, yeah. So you can set it down to zero... And someone can just make an entire video of the track and mm. mess with it in ways. Oh, no. It's awesome. I haven't seen. I, I think this. they're called mod charts. I'm not super. I, I, you know, I've just dabbled in watching videos, but um, mod charts are incredible. Yeah, and uh, well, I'll show you something. They're really cool. Yeah, but I like you know got it in there and was setting it up, and I cued it to be aligned. I got some like JBL, basically like AirPods, like you know, yeah, wireless yeah. earbuds. Yeah, that that's they become my just. PC speakers for sure. lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, and I calibrated it so that the song delay matched up with the slight Bluetooth delay so I could play it that way. Nice. And it's just so cool to just be like, yep, got my guitar, <laughs> blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just 
not much nuance to it. Just I love the gameplay of Guitar Hero, and I'm getting to experience it again for the first time in a while. Sure. And then we have my actual contenders. Okay. Of which there are three. Okay. Hitman 3. Yeah. Uh, came out very early this year. was probably the first big AAA game that I bought this year. January 25th. I, just, I saw the date earlier. I poured quite an obscene amount of hours into it. Uh, got the platinum because it was just... Basically, the platinum involved play all these levels in just about all the ways. Yeah, do everything. Um, and it took a long time. But what I had this sort of realization the other day is like thinking back to that platinum grind, I almost don't think of it as a grind because mm. every attempt at every level, like you got used to the levels and yeah, I got a little boring just because, okay, I'm not exploring anywhere new. Yeah. But the way that you can vary your gameplay is just so wild. Like yes. you can go full stealth. Uh, you never go full loud because what's the point? But right, like, yeah. You can impersonate this person and sneak into this room. You can, you know, do all the different variety of executions that they've got mapped out on it. So I was very entertained throughout most of the Platinum run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, like, the story of the game is, it's kind of like the story of a lot of these other games that it's secondary. Sure. Like, it's there for the necessity of advancing your levels and like why you're going to each place but the stories that are within each individual level are the reasons why you play the game uh couldn't really recommend hitman 3 much higher because again it's also a good podcast game it is uh yeah it has the stories you're trying to follow but yeah you can pretty much zone out and just like okay sneak 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 kill yeah but it's fun right uh very much highly recommend hitman 3 do we want to talk about because hitman 3 spoiler alert is in my list as well okay do we want to talk about it together now, or do you want me if to you say like. my? Yeah, I'll, we'll just do it now. Go for it. Uh, so yeah, I agree with everything you said. I found a new love for that game that I already loved over the winter break. Mm. I think because uh, I just wanted something that I could put on my PS5, take to my mom's house. Didn't need internet or anything. I mean, like it connects to the internet, but um, you know, I'm not going to be playing online 2K games there. Uh, so I was like, I'll just download Hitman 3 again. And you're right. The amount of grind, not grind in that game really just makes you appreciate how much is built into each of those levels. Yeah. Like there's only what, seven or six or seven. Six or seven. And the fact that like you could spend easily a hundred hours in just finding all the different ways to kill your target in seven levels or yep. six levels is incredible. And it shows you how. Obviously, there is sort of a, this is the way, not that you're supposed to do it, but this is the way that you probably will do it the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's story beats, there's little guided, hey, listen to this guy things. But then there are so many paths that if you only play through the game once, which is what I did originally, you don't realize are even there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, you know, Hitman has a reputation for you can kind of get away with anything. But in this game specifically, I mean this whole trilogy, but this game specifically, it seems like they just opened up the world even more. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I, I just love the variety in each level and the variety of the levels themselves. And an interesting thing that I'm just sort of remembering now is the pacing of playing Hitman is, for a game about executing people, oddly relaxing. Yeah, it is. It's not like a fast-paced, like, breakneck-style game. No. Unless you, like, get into a shootout, but that's, like, the point is that you don't do that. Right, yeah. The- you can literally just walk around. Take in the sights. Oh, there's that guy. Listen hey. to a conversation. Oh, you got the Sultan from you know what's his face coming in. Though. What's right. he doing? Yeah, you know, like oh, there's a 
there's a machine gun in that like window pane over there. I'm just gonna go grab it. Like, this this ATM's broken and it's spitting out gold bars. What? <laughs> like all of yeah, it's just fun to sort of walk. It's almost like a walking sim laid over this game about executing people. That's a it's great description. Really fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a game that you can just throw on and just kind of explore and not feel like pressure to play. Like it's a really oddly, you know, calming experience. Yes. Uh. All right. My next contender. Returnal. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Returnal, we've sung the praises of. Uh, gotta love it. It's fast-paced, breakneck, best gameplay of the year, and it's not close. Yep. Uh, the boss fights, uh, tormenting, Souls-esque in their challenge, and then very rewarding when you beat them. Yeah. Uh, the story, very interesting and up for interpretation. Uh, we, you know, we have our Returnal spoiler cast, you know, a few yeah, go while listen back to that. Uh, that sort of cracks into all the possibilities there. Uh, but just, I love Returnal. I love the setting. I love Celine and her like sort of plight uh, and the situation that she gets herself into and yeah. how she eventually debatably gets out of it. Right. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I'm a sucker for big boss fights in the game that, you know, really pushes you to sort of build yourself, build yourself, go fight this boss. And then it's punishing, but you learn, you get a little bit of a takeaway of some loot, blah, blah, blah. That'll make you a little better the next time. Yeah. Uh, and you eventually take it down. And it's just that thrill of the victory, uh, that wanes a little bit depending on the boss. Sure. Uh, and certain bosses are maybe a little bit underwhelming in their difficulty, especially once you learn them. Yes. Like agreed. Honestly, this game is significantly easier on subsequent playthroughs and oh, different is it? bosses Interesting. are easier okay. like once you know the patterns of their attacks sure um, but that first playthrough is pretty damn magical oh it's so good uh, and I I re- reinstalled it the other day <clears throat> because I still have not gotten that one trophy that I think oh, is oh really yeah um, and I think at this point I was looking up I looked up uh, it's like okay maybe someone's found a way to sort of overcome this problem sure and someone said, oh, if you boot your PS5 into safe mode okay, and rebuild your database and then just reopen the game, it works for me. The trophy just popped the next yeah. time I opened the game. And I was like, okay. Booted it up in safe mode, which felt like I was hacking it. <laughs> I don't know anything about hacking, yeah. but I felt like I <laughs> no, was hacking Safe mode's fine. Um, did the whole rebuild the database thing, which annoyingly reorganized all my games in the sense that it, like, when you play a game on PS5, it's like the next icon. Sure. Like it just orders them based on recency. Yeah. Um, that basically just went away, so it was like alphabetical. And I'm like, I haven't played this game in like two years or whatever. Um, That's funny. So I did that, but then booted up, no trophy. No. So at this point, I think Damn. I'm resigned to, if I'm going to go for it, I'm just going to have to like completely restart the game and yeah. try it again. Which is not the worst game to restart. No. And I think I'll wait a while and just do it. You know, I was tempted sure. to go ahead and restart, but... I've got all these other things that I was doing, so I was not into it at that moment. Yeah. But, again, back to the point. Returnal, damn fine game. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, I think I gave it a 9.1 uh, on per- upon first review. I might up that now to more like a, closer to like a 9.5 or something like that. Uh, excellent, excellent game. Yeah. And then my final contender is Halo Infinite. Okay. Uh, which is the objectively better shooter to come out this year between hmm. it and Call of Duty, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just play Call of Duty because it's more accessible and my friends play it and blah, blah, blah. But there is, and I was thinking about this is the way I wanted to present my argument for this game. Okay. There is an alternate universe out there. All right. Where you and I and our friends are Xbox people. Yes. And we played the ever-loving shit out of Halo Infinite. Totally, yeah. Like, because it's, 
that level of quality of game. Sure. And the only reason that I haven't played it more is that all I can do really is play it by myself, or if we get an occasion to play it, we'll probably do that at some point. Sure. But like, it is not the same social game in our circle. Right. But the gameplay is classically awesome oh, Halo so arena-style shooter that is pretty much still unmatched in yes. that regard. Yeah. Uh, so I had to give it a shout-out, uh, and it's also one of the first games that I had to... You could argue that it's the reason I bought a PC. was like, I just... I'm seeing people play Halo, and it's just like, damn it, I want to play it. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, I'll drop 1800 bucks or whatever to <laughs> right. play Halo. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's reaped a lot more rewards than that. But it was sort of the linchpin, and I'm glad that it's panned out being as good as it is, especially for people who are legacy fans of the series who are just like dying for a return to form. Sure. And it seems like they got it uh, for yes. the most part. Yeah. Uh, so major shout outs to Halo. Okay. So you are going to say, so your game of the year is one of the contenders? Yes. Okay. Got it. I, Those I was, are my only three games that I was actually had to think about. It was one of them. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go quickly through mine then. Uh, mine is structured more as a traditional list, sure. but uh, I will say the first couple are more shout outy right mm-hmm. now, um, just because simply I haven't played enough of them. One being the Artful Escape. This is kind of a game that I could see myself really loving after I played it. Just a time and place thing. I haven't had a chance to play it. Um, kind of same with well, I've not I'm, I've not played any Deathloop, but I'm gonna play it eventually. Uh, the other shout out, which I've pretty much finished, but I don't think I've fully finished. Uh, unpacking. I remember is, you mentioning this game. Yeah, which is on Game Pass. It's uh, it's about <laughs> it's about a uh, you know just moving places and unpacking and yeah. putting your shit away. It's a very calming, very relaxing kind of game. With some really nice, subtle story things that happen mm. uh, that really surprised me. Because I thought it was just, you know, this little serene game that people are liking because it's so calm. But there's some there's some la- there's some layers there that are really interesting. Um, next up, I only have five left because, you know, you only play so many games a yeah. year. NBA 2K22, uh, I had to give it a shout out. It is my most played game of the year. Yeah. It's sort of like um, my Vanguard. I'm, I got to shout it out because I played it a shit ton. Yes, but. like I don't think this does anything revolutionary from the 2k standpoint it's very similar to your your call of duty thing uh but it really kept my attention it's so easy to play a couple games of 2k this is probably the deepest i've ever gotten into the my team part of it Mm. as opposed to my career uh just because i think it's more fun and has more modes and it it feels like you're building more over time than making some guy who gets 99 stats and it's kind of boring um so you're always improving your team always improving your cards all that kind of stuff really fun uh, four for me is Halo. That's where Halo Infinite is for now. Uh, I could see myself moving this up if I play the single player and really like it. I'm kind of waiting for the single player as co-op thing yeah. that is going to happen eventually, but not quite, not quite this moment because all Halo games I've played, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, I've played all Halo campaigns that I've ever played with a person, uh, not just by myself. But the multiplayer has been great. Slayer in this has been amazing. Um, or sorry, Tactical Slayer, which <laughs> used to be SWAT. Uh, I've just really had a good time with it, and it's so easy to throw on, play a couple of games, and you know, throw on a YouTube video or something, and then you're you're back out. Uh, my number three is Hitman Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in- an incredible game. We've talked about it already, pretty much at length. So not too much to say there. Uh, my number two is Returnal. Oh no! Uh, oh man! Yeah, what I was, is it I was be? surprised by this. Uh, so I, I sat down and. and did the list 
And Returnal for, I'd say, eight months last year or maybe even longer was my game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that damn good. One thing we haven't mentioned yet <clears throat> is the music and the sound design. Oh, yeah. the, oh, this yeah. is one of the best audio experiences in gaming that I can remember. Yep. Um, specifically, how music integrates into the story, how it integrates into some of the boss fights, um, sort of the if music was a narrative through line in in one of these ways is really, really cool. Um, I would also say that as someone who watched a shit ton of movies last year, this is probably the most movie-like video game. Probably. In the fact that the story really does some very outside-the-norm things, but it's still giving you a lot of gameplay. It is not... The most movie-like game to come out last year is not 12 minutes. I'm just going to say that. Um, I saw that on a list, and I was like, damn damn you, 12 minutes. Uh, But no, the atmosphere of this is fantastic. The graphics are great. Um, the particle effects and like the amount of shit on screen mm-hmm. is still probably my height for. Oh man, the PS5 is different. Yep. Uh, at least right now, like Miles Morales looked amazing, but I think this game shows off more of the tech of the PS5. Uh, and then we have our games of the year. So, which I'll just go ahead. I'll just pivot back to me. Yes. Because we know it's among my three. I don't know where you're gonna go. Although I remember you mentioning the game, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But my game of the year. Is Returnal? Yay! Uh, it's stuck with me ever since uh, we played it, and you know, we're obsessively talking about it there for like a couple of months, and like yeah. theorizing about the story. And I just keep going back to how much fun I had during those boss fights, mm. and yeah, the absolute like I've never really played a true bullet hell game, sure. especially like the two D like classic bullet hell. Yeah. So this is the game that I could most you know relate to in terms of being a bullet hell game. Yeah. And just the chaos yes of seeing yeah these a thousand orbs on screen like <laughs> yeah. and some of them are like tracking you and some of them are just coming at you in waves and you're dodging like three different types of attacks at the same time right like was just so overwhelming and i was like i've never played a game quite like this but i have played games like this in the sense that you know i play the souls games but those are melee based and this is just you know shooters but having enemies that are just purely projectile based with such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, they're not just trying to maul you like up close. They're just right. going to keep their distance and they're going to do these in- intricate paths and launch all these random varieties of attacks. Like it was just a whole new experience, but in a oddly comfortable, you know, familiar way um, that I just was enthralled by all the way through. And another thing that we haven't mentioned is the house sequences, mm. um, which give it another layer of like cinematic, you know, storytelling. Sure. Uh, and give you sort of the tidbits that you need to understand, or at least think you understand, <laughs> uh, Celine's past. Yeah. And why sort of the neuroses that she has, like where they came from. Right. Um, the development of her character happens a lot in those sequences, and they are the parts that are, you know, they edge on horror. Yes. And again, I've talked about how I like games that sort of bridge the gap between, you know, they have the horror, you know, tense elements, but then the gameplay is your fast, frenetic action that I'm much more tuned to. So it hit a lot of my classic notes to, you know, be a game that I would love, and it pretty much stuck the landing on all of them. So I'm proud to say that from the moment that I played it, it was my game of the year, and it never changed. Yeah, well said. Uh, I will quickly... There's an interesting comparison between the the height of the chaos of Returnal and something like Guitar Hero, mm. where 
all of this information is coming at you at once and yet you're still kind of in the zone enough that it's hard to even think about what it's hard to even say out loud what you're doing but you are in the moment you know exactly what you're doing and it becomes almost second nature and so few games get that sort of level of oneness might be too large a word but that sort of synchronicity between you and the controller Mm -hmm. and the character so much so that you're like zoning out it is a damn near spiritual experience when you're in the moments of that uh, or in the throes of that let me give you you just you sparked it it's like uh in dragon ball super (laughs) when goku finally goes ultra instinct Mm. because the whole purpose of ultra instinct is that you act without thinking Mm. and I have beaten a couple of bosses in Returnal on subsequent playthroughs without taking a hit. Oh, wow. And it's like you realize that, oh, this has become second nature to me now. Sure. And, you know, the, and it's sort of the same way, like, you know, Sekiro is another game where I go back to it. It's like once you learn it and once you've practiced it, you are just outclassing a lot of these, you know, lesser difficult, like, bosses. Sure. Because you understand exactly when to counter and all this stuff. And it's that realization that, oh, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing anymore. I'm just purely reacting. Yes. Um, That's super special. Yeah, and Returnal has a lot of that as well. It becomes almost a skill. Yeah. Like, in a way that few games do. Uh, so, yeah, Returnal... I, I hope me putting it second doesn't diss my love for that at all because it is amazing. Oh, you ranked it, or you rated it higher than me upon our first review. Oh, did I? I? Just sort of, you gave it like a nine point five like the first time around. Okay, yeah. And I've sort of come up on it a little bit. Uh, my game of the year, and it's surprisingly a game I haven't even finished yet. Oh. Uh, is Inscription. Uh, this, I was wondering if this game was this come game up. is. I cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, I know I haven't finished it, but I'm saving it for stream, and I just haven't had time this week. But, uh, like it is maybe the most interesting game I've played in several years, just from a thought perspective. Like it is so strange and cerebral and the gameplay of it is really fun with the card sort of mechanic. You know, I pitched it to you as like if Slay the Spire was more like Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's a horror game. Um, It's on sale right now, I think on steam, but it is just one of those games that has been burrowing in the back of my brain. And just when you think you know what it is, it changes the entire like the entire landscape of the game just changes in an instant Mm. as soon as you think you figured it out. Um, And it's, I'm rating this almost as if I would rate a movie where Returnal is probably the better game for most people, but Inscription is the most interesting thing I've played uh, in the past year. And I I cannot, like I said, I cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, It just kept surprising me and probably will keep surprising me in ways that, few games ever have and that is super special to me so that's what's my game of the year yeah and that's kind of how you know like that's a good sign of like how special a game is going to be to you is when it becomes like an earworm and it's just mm-hmm. oh if i go back and i play this next level here's how i'm going to approach it like blah 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 like, yeah and there are a lot of games that well actually there are not a lot of games that lodge themselves in your head like that right um the game that always bloodborne is always my go-to of like sure. that game for like months was like every waking minute like i would just come back to like Oh, like, here's how I can fight that boss. Yeah, games like that are always special. If I just had one more chance, yeah. Well, that it is it, folks. Hey, our game of the year 2021 discussion. But Tanner, I'm going to make an official announcement. Okay, I need to add an addendum. Okay, to a podcast that we did. Let's see, four podcasts ago. Okay, our 25 greatest games of all time, respectively. Oh. I have decided. 
where The Last of Us 2 sits on my list. Oh, hey, okay. It was an honorable mention last time. Yeah, and I did that purely out of deference to it, but I needed to think more about it to decide where it came down. Because what here was my struggle. Okay. I wanted to like it as much as the first one. Mm. I knew it was going to be great. Yeah. <clears throat> but and honestly, I wanted to like it more than the first one. Okay, you interesting. Know? Yeah. Like it's a sequel, like it's following up. I already know I'm going to like it. Like going into the first one, which probably is what made it so great, is I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Sure. And it was so incredible. Yeah, no expectations. The second one, I'm like, I'm expecting it to be great. I just don't know how great. Yeah. And then it obviously was. Mm-hmm. But there's only one thing about it that I can think that I could criticize slightly. And okay. it's more like a personal taste for me. Sure. I do think that it is too long. Okay. A little bit. And like the pacing is not as good as the first one because it does drag a little bit. Sure. That's totally fair. Like the introduction of a certain group of characters near the end of the game mm. feels a little shoehorned in and unnecessary. Okay. Yeah, like there sure. was a spot where the game could have ended and it didn't. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, in a way, is good because it's like, oh, more game. Right. It's still great. Yeah. But the first one was tighter, just a little more streamlined. Totally fair. Um, and the nature of the story of this one calls for it to be longer, but that's just a, sort of a, a sacrifice they had to make. Like, we have to make a long game to make the story structure of this game work. What we, yeah, what we want it to be, yeah. Um, that being said, <laughs> the emotional resonance of, you know, the bait and switches of this game were just off the rails good like it's mm. insane like how much this game had me going like wait what right or did they just do that yeah. or do i like this character yeah like wait a second like yeah. just the absolute like mind games they Subversions. played with you yeah. and forcing you to like characters that you hated is just a testament to a team of writers that is just not even playing the same game as, yeah, like, other devs. Completely unparalleled. Um, the Last of Us Part Two is my number five. Oh, wow, okay, of yeah. Of all time. That is uh, absolutely respectable. It lodged itself up there because when I'm comparing it to other games that I had in my top ten, I'm like, from a pure objective perspective, this game is on another level to a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And it just took the nostalgia of some of the other games to outpace it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember like it, that makes it come in above the likes of like the Uncharted games. Uh, oh wow! It edged out Infamous. I think Infamous was my number five. It jumped up above Infamous. Uh, it's still below Bloodborne, God of War, Skyrim, and the first last. Okay, of us. that's still super fair. Yeah, but so and those games are like you know absolutely legendary in their own rights for a lot of different reasons. So it's in impeccable company. Yeah. But I just had to come to. I almost didn't want to admit that I didn't like it as much as the first one. Mm. But I think objectively when I think about it, I don't like it quite as much. I mean, but but it's like the all first these one's games your favorite are tens, game of all time. Like, yeah. It's still like incredible and it does things that no other game has done. Yeah. And maybe I'm just not ready for that kind of thing. I'm still <laughs> I'm still a young boy. Like don't <laughs> don't treat me like this, naughty dog. Like you made me sad. But yeah, the game lights out. So I had to admit that because I had that sort of epiphany this week. Nice. And on that note, Tanner, do yes. you have a recommendation? I do. So I was looking at uh, the games that I've played over the year, and one game came out in 2019, but I just played it for the first time this year. I talked about it a little bit, but it's Lego A Builder's Journey. 
Uh, is this the mobile game? This is the iPad game. Yeah. yeah. It's so cute. And like, it's, it, it would have been in my honorable mentions, obviously sure. it wouldn't have cracked the top five, but, uh, if you just want a very relaxing, serene, adorable little mobile game, you can play it on iPhone. I think you can play it on iPad. You can play it on PC. I know. Um, it's on Apple arcade. If you have that, it's, uh, it's really cute and I just really like it. And I think it might be someone's cup of tea out there. So yeah. give it a shot. My recommendation Play rhythm guitar games with Guitar Hero controllers and not Rock Band controllers. (laughs) Okay. Upon return to an old school Guitar Hero controller, uh, for reference, when I got Clone Hero, I was like, well, now I got to get a guitar. Um, Yeah. And apparently you can play it with like so many different guitars if you do like certain, install certain drivers Drivers and do certain things. You can play it with wireless guitars, that sort of thing. But the internet recommended. Mm-hmm. That the easiest to set up would have been an old school one that was USB because you can just plug it right in and you might have to do a few things, but other than that, it'll work quickly. Practically plug and play. I didn't have to install anything. It just worked. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, which was great. Yeah. Uh, so I got the old Xbox Guitar Hero 2 white uh, Explorer, which is like sort of like a Z or like a lightning yeah, bolt yeah. shaped guitar, yeah. uh, which is a little on the small side, but I'm also a lot bigger than I was like 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, why does this feel like a toy? Like my favorite guitar hero controller ever is the guitar hero three black Les Paul mm. Gibson controller, which I do think is slightly bigger. Okay. Slightly longer. Sure. Um, but the tactile feel of this guitar, at least in terms of the buttons and the strum bar, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it, uh, are very similar. And my main gripe with rock band controllers is I do not like the strum bar. When mm. you strum, it feels soft. Interesting. It's just okay. Like, mm. <laughs> it's and like, you, and it's when like you do those the rapid stuff, Celeste, yeah, and like, mm. <laughs> and you do like the rapid strumming on rock band, it just kind of feels like you just. I don't know. I could probably make some like very inappropriate. I like, knew that's where you were going. Do it. But like with a Guitar Hero controller, it like clicks, clicks much yeah. more tactilely, and you just like it feels. I like it a lot more. <laughs> so. If you're into it's a the visceral experience. if you're into rhythm games, I always recommend that Guitar Hero controllers are superior to Rock Band. Even though Rock Band's the guitar is more like realistic feeling, sure, but it's a video game. Shout to the Rock Band drum set. Yeah, and that's the only thing when it comes to guitars, Guitar Hero. Any other peripheral, probably Rock Band. I know a lot of podcasters started on Rock Band mics. That was a big thing. Interesting, because it was one of the like cheapest USB that. mics at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well. That is it for us, folks. Hey! We hope you enjoyed. Uh, let us know your 2021 game of the year yeah, if you had one. Uh, we'd like to explore. I'm always interested. Although it's like, at this point, you can go on Google and pretty much find everyone's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe if you have a more off-the-wall pick, uh, we'd like to hear it. Uh, we'll be back to you soon. But until then, we're tapping out. <laughs>